A long time ago, Jesus was surrounded by people like he often was. And this particular day, one of the people there was an expert in the law. And he decided it was time to perhaps test Jesus a bit. And so he asked him a question. He said, teacher, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And as Jesus often did, he answered the question with another question and said, well, what does the law say? And the man said, well, it says to love God with your heart and your soul, your entire soul, your, all your strength and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, says Jesus, do that and you will live. But then the expert went a little bit further and he said, yes, but who is my neighbor? Then Jesus did something else he often did, is that rather than question, he answered with a parable. And this is the story he told. There was once a man that was making the journey from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now the people in the, listening to this story, they all knew this road, because it was 17 miles through the rocks and the deserts, and there were lots of places for robbers to hide. It was a very dangerous road. And this man, as he was traveling, he fell prey to some robbers. They stole everything he had. They stripped him, they beat him, and they left him by the side of the road half dead. And then they disappeared. Well, it wasn't very much longer when a priest came by and he saw this person over there that looked like he was <clears throat> dead. And of course he wasn't gonna touch that. So he went by on the other side of the road. And a little bit longer, a Levite came, and the same exact thing, he went by. And a little while later, a Samaritan came. Now the Jews and the Samaritans, they hated each other. The people that were listening were wondering what this Samaritan was going to do. Well, this Samaritan, Jesus said, saw the man and took pity on him, and he went over to him, and he dressed his wounds as best he could and cleaned them with wine and oil. And then he lifted the man and put him on his own donkey and took him down to the next inn. And then he gave the innkeeper two silver coins. This was a lot of money. This was two days wages. This was enough money to keep somebody in that inn for almost two months. And then he said to the innkeeper, please take care of him. I will come back, and when I come back, I will give you whatever else is owed. And then he continued on his journey. And then Jesus turned to the expert in the law, and he said, Now I ask you, of the three, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, which was the neighbor to that man that fell to the robbers? And the expert said, The Samaritan, the one who showed mercy. Jesus says, Correct. I'll go and do the same. And that's the story of the Good Samaritan. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, take us into this story and help us to observe the dynamics of what is going on and just who you are in the midst of it and what you're calling us to through it. Give us eyes and ears. Help us to see, we pray in your name. Amen. I was going to read the text, but I don't need to. Um, 
Good job, Deb. Thank you very much. I just want to make a couple of observations about this story today and walk through the text with you. The expert on the law, the, the lawyer, first of all, whose question that occasions the story, I think it's important for us to first realize that he's just being who he is. He's just being a lawyer. <laughs> okay. He's asking questions that lawyers ask. He's framing the conversation in terms that lawyers, experts on the law would, would frame them. And two words clue us into this reality, and it's the word inherit and the word justify. He uses legal terms. He's talking about an inheritance, first of all. What does one have to do to qualify to receive one's inheritance? Let's get specific here. That's what lawyers do. What are the conditions? What are the, the terms of the will that get us eternal life? Luke goes on to say, but the, the lawyer seeking to justify himself after they have this discussion about what the law is, and they talk about the, ex the essence of the law is basically the great commandment to love God and, and to love neighbor. And then the lawyer wants some more specifics. Let's define some of these terms. Let's define neighbor. Seeking to justify himself, in other words, seeking to assure himself that he's clear on the definition of neighbor, so that he can be sure that he's obeying the command, he essentially asks, who's in that circle that I need to think about if I'm going to love my neighbor, help me to define that class of people? Who's in that circle? The second thing I want to point out about this text is that there are at least three surprises in it three curves that Jesus kind of throws us as we listen to this story, as the lawyer himself was hearing and as the crowd was hearing who was gathered around hearing all of this, there's three unexpected things that Jesus says. The first surprise is that it's the outsider, the Samaritan, the dog, the one who is unclean, who's the protagonist. Jews and Samaritans don't get along. The Samaritans were kind of an offshoot of Judaism to the north. They were not quite as specific as those in the south. They had been influenced by, you know, foreign deities. They were just folks you don't hang out with if you want to be righteous. And so Jews didn't do much dealing with Samaritans. And what's interesting about this first surprise that Jesus inserts into the story is that the one who gets it right is the one who is himself in the lawyer's mind very, very wrong because he's the wrong ethnicity and believes the wrong things. The second surprise is when Jesus tells the story itself, he points to a reality of two religious insiders who were probably either on their way to or on their way back from Jerusalem, and they are a priest and a, and a Levite. 
They are religious officials in the temple. And in order to stay clean, either from what they've just done in the temple or what they're going to have to do when they go to the temple, in order to be ritually pure so that they can do their jobs, they have to ignore, in some ways, the commandment to show mercy, to be a neighbor. And they can't afford to become unclean by touching a dead body or engaging a Gentile. They have no idea who this person is, whether he's dead or alive, and to whom he belongs, whether or not he is a neighbor, so to speak. And to keep the law, they have to break that great commandment that is at the foundation of all of the commandments. And then comes the third surprise, and it's the surprise that happens when Jesus changes the question. The lawyer wants to justify himself. The lawyer wants to find out what the limits of the, the class of person that he needs to love in order to obey the commandment. But Jesus changes the question. He says not, okay, this is who your neighbor is, but who showed mercy? Who became a neighbor to the man who was by the side of the road? Who proved to be neighbor to the victim of this crime? And so Jesus essentially says the issue isn't whether or not I have the right list of neighbors. It's whether or not I'm willing to be a neighbor. It's moving from an abstraction or a class of unnamed people to a very concrete reality of the action of the one who is doing the loving rather than the class of person who ought to be loved. It's a definition that moves from something that might be used in foreign policy. In other words, which nations are we in relationship with and which nations aren't we in relationship with to something far more concrete than that in terms of those acts of kindness that are shown to others. Jesus loves to turn things on their head and says, let's look at it this way. Let's see it in a new way. And it's especially interesting, I think, to look at Luke's editorial decisions regarding the passages that frame this story. In other words, the way Luke goes into the story of the Good Samaritan and the way he comes out of the story of the Good Samaritan kind of make this point. Because he goes into the story of the Good Samaritan with this blessing. Turning to the disciples, verses 23 and 24 of Luke 10, then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And then on the other side of this telling of this parable is the story of Jesus having dinner with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus at their home in Bethany. And we know that story. It's the story of Martha busily running around trying to get everything done and getting more and more and more provoked with Mary, who's just sitting at the feet of Jesus adoringly and kind of taking in the evening. And, and Jesus says to Martha, Martha, 
hey, the meal is great and you're doing a really good job, but Mary gets it and you don't. <laughs> There's something going on here that you're not seeing, Martha. And Mary is getting it while you aren't getting it. She sees and you aren't because you're so wrapped up in the busyness of the event. Basically, the call to discipleship that Jesus issues is the call to open our eyes. It's the call to be the one who works at seeing or paying attention. And seeing requires openness. Seeing requires flexibility. Seeing requires a kind of gentleness with ourselves that makes us pliable and open to being shown what we might not otherwise see because we're distracted by the mission or the busyness or the thing that keeps us from actually dealing with that guy by the side of the road. Nothing kills that openness, that gentleness, that flexibility. Nothing kills it quicker than self-important busyness. And Jesus calls us not to just not attend to things, but to recognize there's always more going on than our agenda. And that's a big part of what it means to be a neighbor. Self-important busyness is the quickest way to kill gentleness. And so I want to end with Paul's words about gentleness in Philippians 4, where he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be seen by all, for the Lord is near. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, help us to relax into your embrace and to understand that we are a part of a story that often we cannot see. So help us to slow down enough and to look on the periphery and to scan the horizon and understand that there is more going on than meets the eye and then call us into those places where we can be a neighbor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.